fellow fiends. Welcome to another terrifying and delectable episode of Nightmare on Film Street. The horror podcast with zero credibility, but all of the blood, ghouls, and gore. Your puny heart can handle. <laughs> Let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, the parents are all against us. We are talking society and the faculty. This is a very odd pairing. It is an odd pairing, but I'm down with it. I think it works 100%. I think this is like one of the best double features we've done. Yeah, and normally we pick really, I want to—I don't want to say on the nose, but we normally pick pretty on the nose pairings. And these ones definitely complement each other, but they are not the same movie. Not at all. They do not have the same villain. It's not necessarily all alien. It's definitely like alien as in not human. Like foreign <laughs> yeah. entities. Um, but we we deal with a bunch of different themes. Like there's um becoming an adult with the faculty and um oh, and not being understood and all that stuff. And then in in society it's about um the wealthy consuming the poor. And also adulting, I think. And Adulting. And finding your role within that society. Whether it means that you're the high class, like, nutrient sucker, or you're just a lowly surf who's there for nothing but food. But before we get into these two movies, we're going to kick it off with the usual. What is keeping you creepy, John? We are still deep within our Fantasia Fest coverage. It is a genre festival that lasts for weeks, and our second round out to Montreal, we saw some pretty... Amazing film. Yeah, I'm so glad we went back. We were kind of humming and hawing. We were, we were really on the fence about which weekends we were going to go. And I'm so glad we went when we did. But a special shout out too to Chris, who is still in Montreal, who lives in Montreal, and is doing all of our on the ground coverage for the final weeks. And the lucky bastard saw Mandy. So that review will be on the website. There's a ton of other reviews that John, myself, Chris have done on all of the films that are hitting the review circuit. Yeah, ones you should really look out for are The Man That Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot, a really surprising movie, not as much of a grindhousey B movie as you might think. A lot more emotional, like take your dad to go see it. Oh, it's got Sam Elliott. It's made for dads. Totally. And the really subtle and eerie Lose, which is sort of an exorcism possession movie. It might be my favorite movie of the year. It's my favorite of the festival, I think. Yeah. yeah it's just sitting with me. It's a really short movie. I think it's only like 70 minutes long. Yeah. But they do some really interesting things with the setting not being so literal. The main character is hypnotized and they really play in that space and what's real and what's not. And I fucking enjoyed it. Yeah, it nails that 80s vibe better than any other movie that I've seen in the last I five years. I think it's more 70s. I'm going to argue that it's 70s. Okay, the synth score, like the the high fluorescent fashion and like the film grain to me 70s is, okay yeah you, you. felt pretty 70s yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
You you raise a good point. Uh, I cannot wait to see that again, though. I I've been dying to see it since we like stopped watching, and I was like, I need to see this again. Yeah, so. it's the movie I'm most excited for you guys to check out. If you like demon possession movies, you are gonna love Loose. L U Z. Keep an eye out for it. Other than that, though, uh, the big highlight for the weekend for us was Under the Silver Lake. David- Not quite horror, but no. Uh, David Robert Mitchell's follow up to It Follows. Which is quite, quite horror. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> this movie is coming out in December and is apparently being recut. So there is a chance that the version we saw will not be in theaters. Uh, if it is at all similar and you are a fan of noir film, I think you are going to love this movie. Yeah, it's got a really fun and like pop colored 50s aesthetic. And even if you're not into kind of like... I don't want to say disjointed, but if if you're not in the fan a fan of non-linear film, you will enjoy it for the visuals alone. There's a lot of really cool just vibes going on in the movie. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch, but it does go to some pretty crazy places. It is a little odd. Yeah. We got a whole ton of other movies that we've seen in the last few days, in you know, including IFC Midnight's new Our House, Chuck Steele. All of our reviews can be found at nofspodcast.com. Head over there, check out our full festival coverage, and find some movies to look forward to later this year, guys. Yeah, festival season is the best season. (laughs) Well, it's true, because that's when the trailers drop, too, because it's just like, oh, it's premiering here, here's a trailer. Yeah, and Comic-Con was happening at the exact same time, so this is a huge month for new movies coming. But we also got a whole ton of patrons over the last couple weeks, so we want to take a minute to do some shout-outs. First off, I just want to say thank you guys so much for joining us on Patreon. So, so much. We are so overwhelmed with how many new people have joined the Fiend Club and how many people have just stuck with us this whole year. Yeah. And... It is insane how how fast that community is growing. So thank you guys so much for joining us, for sticking with us. We have a really cool thing planned that I can't yet reveal, um, but hopefully in the next couple weeks we'll be able to unveil it. It's going to be really fucking cool. Yeah, by Halloween at the very latest, I would I'm think. hoping, like, beginning of August. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, that's ambitious, uh, <laughs> given that this episode is coming out on August 1st? August oh, it is, it is the beginning it's of August, August already. right now. The middle of August. Coming soon. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. It's going to be great. But before we move on, I need to give a huge shout out to Christian, to Joshua, to Stephen, Sean, Billy, to Meg, Jen, Sharimar, Paul, and Bobby. You have risen above your human vessels. (laughs) (laughs) You are powerful. You are... Something new. You have become your pure final form. You are a fiend. (laughs) Welcome to the club. Thank you so much for being here. You know, in your final form, you also have a bug in your ear, but you know. (laughs) Oh, I mean, there's lots of bugs. There's lots of, I mean, let's not really get into how gross that final form is when we're talking about society. But I mean, like, if that's your thing. Oh, that's a really interesting final form. I thought we were going with the faculty bug form. I was trying to encapsulate both. Let's just say there's enough names on the list to throw a party as gross as the one at the end of society. (laughs) Thank you so much for supporting Nightmare on Film Street. And if you listening want to unlock all of the bonus content and mini episodes and merch discounts that our new fiends get, head over to patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street and support the show for as little as $1 an episode. 
our first round of free pins for new patrons are shipping out very soon. And if you want to be included in that next wave, head over to patreon.com slash nightmare on Film Street. While supplies last, we're getting very, very low. Yes, and the summer is almost over. But let's get into this week's episode. Let's put on our dinner jackets, take a stroll over to Beverly Hills, and accept our roles in society. Good job, John. (laughs) (laughs) For Bill Whitney. I've never been paranoid. Fear plays a large part in family life. I feel like something's going to happen. And if I scratch the surface, there'll be something terrible underneath. He's afraid his sister... Could you zip me up, Billy? ...is not what she seems. God, Bill, what's the matter with you? He thinks his friends are out to get him. Make waves with you, you're gonna drown. People are what they are. Now you have to learn to accept that. He's about to find out the truth. So why, why are you guys doing this to me, huh? What, you've been living with these people all your life and you didn't know anything about this? It's far worse than he could ever imagine. If you don't follow the rules, Billy, bad things happen. Didn't you know the Billy boy? The rich have sucked off low-class scum like you. You're officially dead. Don't go home, Billy. No, 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 no. Bill Whitney is about to become one Showtime, Billy! with society. (laughs) Who are you? Let me give you a hand, Bill. (laughs) In Beverly Hills, what you fear is only the beginning. Anything for society. (laughs) So, Society from 1989. Directed by Brian Usna, Society currently holds a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 3.4 on Letterboxd. Okay. Okay. Well, we should say going into this that this was the first viewing for both of us. Yeah. Um, neither of us had seen the film previously. We were actually just watching this for fun. We weren't planning on doing an episode on it, but I think we were both pleasantly surprised. Oh, yeah. We really enjoyed watching this movie, so much so that we kind of wanted to bring it on the episode to talk about it, because I know that I've been wanting to watch this movie for a really long time. The yeah. poster has always caught my eye. Right, with her just, like, taking her face off. Yeah, yeah. and I was always like, what is this movie? It looks like it's super fun. Yeah, and Brian Usna was the producer of Reanimator. He's the director of Bride of Reanimator, which we still haven't seen. We've owned for almost a year. We've got the Arrow DVD, Blu-ray, whatever, over in the other room. Still haven't taken the wrapper off of it. I don't know why and also too he has his hands in a lot of films right now a lot of horror films he's really helping a lot of young creators get their films made so i've been really interested in going back through his back catalog and seeing how the the stylization from his films relates to his protégés and it's really interesting to watch these films now seeing all these modern films coming out with that kind of throwback style yeah Um, all that goopy body horror I have to say that I loved the special effects in this movie. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about it I think that's what you come to society for, right? Oh, man. I 
thoroughly enjoyed it. Any of this like scholasticy, um, it, or the scholasticy kids versus the adults, or like the adults are aliens, or the adults are monsters, or my next door neighbor's a vampire, you know, Frank Knight. <laughs> I'm so on board for those movies. They just remind me of childhood. Every every genre film you watched growing up was two kid protagonists or a single kid protagonist and something in town wasn't right and they they had to get to the bottom of it and nobody believed them. Yeah, or everybody's lying to them. There's a secret that they're all keeping. They're all being You're... gaslighted. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, they're all being gaslighted. Uh, there's some sort of deep underbelly that they're unaware of and it's just like fueled by adolescent paranoia yeah and this one is exactly that it's to a t like you can predict the the entire movie pretty much the lead billy he is suspicious of his family they're not quite like him they're pretty well to do their daughter their daughter's going for her debut she's being a debutante so she has her debutante is that the kind of thing that exists in the 1980s still does that exist now still yeah yeah. really they still have a coming out balls i think so but it's more of a like tradition than it is actually anything it's a rich person sweet 16 right i guess is that how old she is yeah? Because, I mean, no matter how old she is, it's fucked up. She's probably 18. Yeah, it's like right? the non... It's like the non-secular bar mitzvah. Okay. Bat mitzvah. Bat mitzvah. There we go. No, isn't it bar mitzvah? No, it's uh, a... Bat. Shit. There's bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah. It's basically you saying that you're... Your daughter's ready to be deflowered. Ugh. <laughs> to, to the highest bidder. <laughs> the worst fucking part about that is that throughout this whole movie, they go, oh, by the way, Judge Carter will be there. Yeah, and then and we everybody's see like, him, Ooh, Judge Carter. And he's Carter. so old. Okay, well, I mean, regardless of whether he's super old, the fact that he's a judge means he's at least in his 50s. Oh, gross. Judge, there's there's no young judge. And, like, honestly, that is a sitcom that should happen. Like, young judge. <laughs> Smacking Cruising the, the streets and keeping the law. Right? He's at a party and somebody's, like, roughing up a girl and he bangs his gavel on top of a red Solo cup. And he's out of order. All rise for the Honorable Judge Swag. That was a bad joke. Oh, it was a terrible joke. Back on track, though, Bill, yes, is very suspicious. Uh, you know, he... He is a member of the upper class, the high society types, but he doesn't fit in. He's, you know, he's super popular in school. He's a jock. He's got a brand new Jeep that he's tearing around town in, and he's got a cheerleader girlfriend. But for whatever reason, he's hanging out with all the poor kids because it just feels like that's where he belongs. Yeah, well, and he's not quite accepted. Like, yeah. the the A of the A group aren't really letting him in. Mm-hmm. They're having a party, and he's not invited. Fuck it, Ted. Ted, by the way, Ted, the bully in this movie, has the richest, jerkiest name. His name is Ted Ferguson. Does that not sound like an upper crustsman who wants to rough you up? Yeah. Ted just sounds like a jerk name. Have you met a Sorry, Ted? Ted's. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're better off, Ted. Same as, like, Teddy. Like, that just sounds upper crusty. Teddy sounds like somebody you can't trust at all. Maybe I'm basing We're being really presumptive here. Memento. This is kind of mean. We're judging books by their covers. <laughs> we are. Covers that they had no choice in. Like, that was their parents. <laughs> Bill's currently going to a psychiatrist. He's explaining all of his problems. He's basically has, I think, the fear is that he has some sort of paranoid schizophrenia. 
because he can't really explain what's going on. Yeah, and he says that very early on. He's like, I can't put my finger on it. Like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like something's going to happen, and I think my parents are involved. I think my sister is involved. Yeah. I think my like, my peers are involved. Um, and he's got this kind of conspiracy theory, but he doesn't really know how to pinpoint it at the very beginning of the film. He doesn't yeah. know what it is. I think the problem for us watching this a little bit maybe is that we know where the movie's going to go. Yeah, and you can assume any of these movies where it's like, I think my family is this, or I think society is this, or I think it's always true. If you think your neighbor is a vampire, at the end of the movie, he is a vampire. I would have liked if I had to spend more time in the movie wondering whether or not it was real, but they do a very good job of implying that everybody is in on it. They're at no... Like, when he talks to the cops, they're... They're very dismissive, and they're very... They're, they're trying to cover everything up at every turn. There's no point in the movie where you actually think that he's going crazy. It yeah. Would, it would have been cool if there was more of that, maybe. Yeah, because you're just waiting for the big reveal at the end, yeah. and you're like, okay, what is this society? What I did like about the film, which was interesting, was his relationship with his sister throughout the first half of the film. So weird. Because his mom and his dad are really weird. Like, they're kind of weird kooky and the popular kids are mean to him Mm -hmm. but his sister is really nice yeah she's very pleasant they have a kind of weird sexual thing a little bit they have this sexual tension that i'm not i was gonna say do you really think she's being nice or do you think she's just kind of leading him on because she knows that he's kind of attracted to her i don't know do you think that's his first indication that he's adopted like i wouldn't be attracted to my own sister surely i'm adopted yeah like there's a scene where she's asking him to zip up her dress and something's, like, growing underneath the skin. And yeah, it's like her not. skin bubbles. And she's just, like, sweaty back there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then there's the scene where he, like, spies on her in the shower and she's backwards, which, fucking cool. Oh, that looked great. Yeah. That was a really cool effect. She's, it's like, her breasts and she's doing like full frontal nudity between a frosted glass so you can't really see anything but, but her head's twisted the yeah but way. she's backwards it's really interesting it's like her boobs are on her butt yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, I think it's a really low budget movie obviously uh and you know that there's they're leading to like this big climactic special effects ending i think they do a really good job of obscuring those Being special sneaky effects about yeah it. like you you still get uh what's that term you always use <laughs> Well, I would say you get a taste of it, but... Okay, well, I mean, sure, you get a taste of it, but there's something a little off. It's not quite right. Like, when he looks at this girl that he's recently... that he's met, that he's sleeping with, her bottom torso also looks like it's twisted backwards. Her her legs are gone the wrong way, but it's just two actresses put together with a blanket draped over the middle of them. But it looks fucking great! It looks amazing, and it's a perfect little flash, and then it's gone. Like, she's laughing backwards... And you know, he rubs like, his eyes like a cartoon. <laughs> Everything's good. And her legs are weird, and then, poof, they're back to normal. Yeah, it's just slightly off. Something's wrong. It's it's just enough out of reality that what he's questioning that what he's seeing is actually there, or if he's just, you know, going crazy. Yeah. The only bit I don't really get is... Let's talk about it. Uh, everybody's in on it. Yeah. We learn at the end. His parents are in on it. His sister's in on it. All of the really popular kids at school are in on it. Mm-hmm. The psychiatrist's in on it. Yep. He is adopted. Yes. And he will never be like them. They yes. say that. You will never be like us. Yep. What was the point of adopting him? Oh, to eat him. Why would they take so long? They went through all the effort of, like, 
legal papers and waiting until he was, like, ready to graduate high school, I guess. I think he's the right age. I think, like, his sister, like, I think they're twins in age, just mm-hmm. not, you know, they weren't born. As far as he's concerned, they're twins. They were they were born together. But they're, they want to eat him at that age. He's in his prime. The prime of his youth. Mm. I think everybody they eat is that age. Oh. Unless, of course, they're eating them to cover a secret. Because her ex-boyfriend, who we think is dead, who's died in a car crash, and his face is completely reconstructed for an open casket, uh, we find out later that he's basically just been held in isolation for the shunting where they eat him. It just seems like so much effort and work for dinner. Shouldn't every family have an adopted black swan? Like, Maybe shouldn't they, they do. all? So there should be a band of kids grouping together to be like, our families are fucked. Let's figure it out. There should be, it should be the Lost Boys. It shouldn't be Lost Boy. I don't know that they really um, go into it much, but I think the kid that's dead that comes to the party later to be eaten, his sister's ex-boyfriend, I think is one of those kids. The kid with the tape recorder? The kid with the tape recorder whose death is a cover-up. I also think his buddy Milo might also be one. Because he lives in Beverly Hills. Just because he hangs out with some kids that his parents look down on doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to, like, the wrong side of the tracks to hang out with those kids. Because he lives in Beverly Hills. He goes to high school in Beverly Hills. I guarantee everybody around him is in a 90210 area code. I don't know. It just, it doesn't seem plausible to me. If they have all these, if they're these rich, high society people with all these money, this money and connections... Why are they doing the work themselves? They should literally just be paying somebody money to, like, pick up teenagers two towns over and eating them. That's going to draw suspicion, I think. Secondly, if you just kidnap people off the street, they're not going to taste as good. If you raise a kid yourself with super good food and vitamins and exercise and and he's never wanted for anything, I bet he tastes better. We're getting on super, like, concrete logic that does not exist. (laughs) No, nobody talks about any of this. Uh, He would have a birth certificate. There would be family photos. Like, if he goes missing and they don't don't call the police right away and they don't launch an investigation, Uh then... Uh, the police are in on it. The, le- the, the logic- police are there at the end. Yeah, but local police aren't going to investigate a murder. Are you talking FBI? Yes, like, the logic here is just not right. Well, the right. local police have to investigate that murder to send it up the chain of the, the FBI. The reason is the fact that he's part of the families for the sake of the story. Yeah. Because it's a cool story that my parents are yeah, not my parents human. Are but it just doesn't quite make sense. I don't think it's just Edom. I don't think it's explained well. I think that there's a whole network. It's a, it's a one percenter type thing, right? Like, the whole idea is that everybody above you, it's an organized system, and you can't escape it, and they're here, and you're just a farm for them to pluck from. Like so they, they should just have a greenhouse of kids walking around like free-range chickens. That's what he is! He's a free-range chicken. But I see what you're saying. There, there should be an easier centralized location where they don't have to do the There work. should be a... a you want there know. to be a child grocery store, <laughs> yes. a teenager grocery store, yes. <laughs> where they like look at their teeth, maybe like tap on their head to hear how hollow it is and bring them home to eat. Well, what I was thinking the whole film was that what they were was like an implant and they were humans at one point. Oh. And they were waiting until he was of age to that he could one. become what, what they mm. were. Or they wanted another, they want to grow 
the society and they need stand-up citizens. So they were raising him in a good, purebred family. So he had the right morals and stuff. And then they were going to turn him. I think it just, I think he just tastes better. I think it's like the difference between getting free range chicken and just whatever chicken they have at the corner store. So weird. He is the artisan cut of meat. Like he, he is your local butcher shop versus some bodega. I think that's all it is. I think that's all they're trying to say. But I think you're right. I think it's just supposed to be for a big surprise twist at the end that everybody's in on it, including my parents, who are having sex with my sister. And, be- and becoming each other? Like, what? I don't even know if you'd call it sex, right? I think they're just... <laughs> congealing. Uh, yeah, they're congealing. They're exchanging protein strings. They, uh, It's gross. Uh, first off... I have to say, weird. too, the sister stays really nice even when she's coming out of her mom's... Or is it her dad's? No, her and her mom become, like, one person thing. Yeah, but she's still really nice and sweet and bubbly and, like... Yeah. Well, this is she's new to this anyway, right? Like it's she, so weird. It's <laughs> very weird. Let's... Before we, like, really talk about that shunting scene, because that's a big part of this movie, can we please try and figure out what is up with that girl's mom? I don't know if we can, so... Her name's Clarissa, so Clarissa's mom. He falls in love with this dangerous, kind of alluring woman. She's also a teenager. She's at the high school, right? Yeah. and She's part of the high society. Yeah, his girlfriend breaks up with him because he can't get her in. To a party. (laughs) Yeah, like, he's he's not as popular. He's he's not holding up his end of the bargain. Um, She can't be seen with him anymore. He's not cool enough. Exactly. And she's human, too, so she's just a bitch. (laughs) Kinda. Well, I think the last straw is that she shows up and he's got a sex doll in his car. A blow-up doll, and it's got Clarissa's name written on it. So he starts courting this Clarissa girl who's, he gets warned about, like, she's from the wrong side of the track, she's dangerous, so he sleeps with her. (laughs) Yeah, as you do. And she then flips and kind of becomes a protagonist. Yeah. They're trying to rescue her at the end, even though she's a monster. She might be trying to rescue him. Aren't they all one thing, though? Like, aren't they a hive mind? I don't think so. I think they are all individuals of a larger collective. If they were all part of a hive mind, then I, I, I don't think she would have had any interest in him. They become a goo. They're a goo. <laughs> I mean, I think you could talk a lot of it. This the end of the movie just being like a fear of sexuality and how they all become one. It's gross, but yeah. Like, I think... I like the rich versus the poor thing and yeah. how the rich feed on the poor. Like, I really like that metaphor. That, yeah. that gets me. I like sure. that. yeah, whatever. <laughs> but Clarissa's mom is weird. It's like she has some sort of developmental issue. Yeah, and it's never quite explained. Like she's always in the background of scenes, like, eating people's hair, bumbling around, and being odd. Yeah, with these like doe surprise eyes. She's... She on- honestly reminds me of Mimi in the Drew Carey show. <laughs> she looks a lot like her. Yeah. What if it's that she just ate the wrong people and it affects her? Like maybe that's why they want to eat this kid because he's got good nutrients. Maybe Clarissa's mom. One thing she says is, like, I don't approve of some of the things my mom does. Maybe she just eats people willy-nilly, and she's, like, going for bottom feeders, and it's affected her. Mm, like, she's been on You are what you eat? Yeah, like, she's on this junk food diet. She's eating, like, the worst people around, and it's really affecting her. Mm, I like that. But it's almost like she's good, because she hangs out with his buddy Milo, 
And like, is his bodyguard essentially? Basically, yeah. He's like, eat them, and she's like, okay. You got it. <laughs> yeah. She's never rightly explained. Like the Not movie finished, and I was like, "What was the mom's point? Like, what yep. was her deal?" Yep, she's got some sort of weird. Maybe she only eats hair. Maybe she's got a hair fetish, and there's no nutrients in hair. Hair's all protein and keratin. Why are we eating our own hair? Uh, that shit is terrible for your intestines. Well, yeah. What have if you? I, like, what if I ground it up into a powder? And, and they have to pump shake? your stomach and stuff. If you, if you have um, that trichotillomania where you eat your own hair, I love how with. you, how easily you said that. <laughs> I, like it just goes to show that you've said it out loud a ton of times. I love, oh, you know, trichotillomania. Yeah, yeah, of course. I love weird brain science. I love when brains do weird things, like make yeah. people eat their own hair so yeah. much so that they get what are they called? Um, you essentially give yourself stones. Mm. in your goisers, I think. What are they called? There's a name for them, but they have to remove them because they're not digestible. And wow. They, you basically get hairballs in your stomach like a cat. Yeah. And But they can, like, tangle up in your intestines and stuff. They're really bad for you. You're not supposed to eat hair. Yeah, it's like letting your cat eat a ribbon or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know why they make the girlfriend, the new girlfriend or the, the love interest, yeah. why she's good at the end she's part of this society you don't she was born into it she mm-hmm. had no choice and now she's just seeing it as something awful we shouldn't be taking advantage of the the poor unfortunate like so Billy what is here. she gonna eat she can't turn off her goopiness i guess she can because she never Maybe. transforms in the end of the movie you expect her to become part of the goop because ted is trying to get her to like partake in this this weird ceremony where they absorb real human beings in their blob orgy yeah which is the best way to describe that scene. I don't think I could have described that any better. Not at all. They do absorb him. Yeah, I think that they just, they suck all the nutrients out of him. Like, without actually eating him the way a cannibal would, they... Attach to him. Yeah, they be, they all become very pliable. It's really, ugh, it's gross. They it's become weird. a room of skin tone silly putty. Oh, it's kind of awesome. Um, <laughs> it's so nuts. I don't quite understand how it works, but yeah, they, they start sucking on him. They're eating his calcium, his, his And he punches through his butthole. This is the greatest scene in the movie. It <laughs> was so good, they mouth. did it twice. Yes, yes! He puts his arm all the way through him, and his fingers come out of his eyeballs and his mouth. Oh, it's so good. And you're like, what movie is this? One of the best movies we've ever done on this podcast. And that's the judge, right? That is the judge. That's Judge Carter. Yeah. The, the effects are great though the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the scene where he goes i don't know why his family is upstairs doing whatever they're doing but uh they, they have like changing they have they like say. separated off from the main group to go be a family weird um and when billy goes in to that room they're in various states of each other yeah like mom's got club hands and club feet and like they're walking like a crab and dad's got Dad's head is in his butt. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. It is weird. It's very strange. Who is it that has the finger head? Oh, uh, I don't remember who that is. Where it's that like, was let, my... me, let me give you a hand, right? Yeah, that was my favorite effect where he had, like, his head was a giant hand and then his hand was the same shape as his hand head. And they're reaching out <laughs> to him and stuff. The, the whole end of this movie is, like, nightmare logic almost. It seems like scenes that the special effects artists or Brian Usna had. 
nightmares of, and then they just put it directly on paper and onto camera. Yeah, because you have stretching tongues and, like, goopy lips yeah. and all kinds of weird stuff. I like that Billy fights his way through the crowd enough that there's a big boss-level fight. Not between the judge, uh, but between Ted, the bully, uh, and... Then they're ramping up, they're getting ready, they're gonna punch each other, but because Ted's been oozing on what's-his-face all night, he's pliable and stretchy, and Bill is able to punch his way through Ted's butt up to his face. <laughs> like, oh, this'll work! <laughs> yeah, I watched this a few minutes ago, I know what I'm doing, and then instead of just, like, instead of ending there, he grabs his face from the inside and rips him inside out. Yeah, and then when they show on that that kills a goop person yeah. putting them inside out, I assumed he was going to do that with everybody in the society. Oh, he just starts walking around punching <laughs> people in the butt? Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like punching everybody and turning them inside out. Like, beware, that hooligan kid is going to turn you inside out, but he just leaves. Yeah, they let him go. So the society is pretty untarnished at the end of this movie. Don't you think so? Somebody could have just grabbed that kid and put him back? Yeah, like, couldn't they have just all started sucking on him? Like, there were quite a few of them. Weird. He looks uh, a lot like the insides of Oogie Boogie. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like he was, worms, worms. Yeah, he's basically just, my bugs, my, my bugs. bugs. Yeah, uh, lots, of, lots of worms and maggots and stuff, which Billy was also hallucinating inside an apple that he was eating earlier. Yeah. The psychiatrist basically just looks like the Joker from Batman. His face becomes like this permanent... All mouth. Yeah, all mouth grinning smile. He's very creepy. He is creepy. Well, what's his job? His they The family basically hired him to gaslight their kid more. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we can't keep dealing with him. He hates us. Like, you talk to him and tell him we're normal. Yeah, exactly. That's... He's not a real psychiatrist. He's no, not, not, not trained in anything. Nope. <laughs> trained in sucking souls. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is there anything that we haven't talked about in this movie that you really liked? Normally the goopy stuff, the the goopy special effects, where it's just loaded with glycerin, really, I find off-putting and weird. Uh, it totally fit in this movie. Yeah, I loved how goopy it was. Because it, it was silly. It was almost uh, like it, a cut scene from The Mask, if they were going to make, you know, Jim Carrey's The Mask, oh yeah. if they were going to make it a different R-rated movie. Yeah, and maybe it just works because they're in, like, an orgy. It's like, oh, they've all just had their KY bath, and now they're, they're just like lathering up to get in or something but there's there's a really cool sequence where you see a hand uh like a super slimy hand that's just rubbing a butt and then all of a sudden the fingers go like in into the, the butt. butt no let's let's specify here in, oh yeah into like the, the butt the, cheek the, skin the flesh of the yeah not yeah, just like, in not a butt. in the butt <laughs> no. okay and like, i know we talk a lot about people punching up people's butts you don't actually see any of that you, but you do know that somebody's punching up somebody's butt hole. oh yeah of course <laughs> they're not going into the belly button and i was gonna say that too there's not a lot of movies with like big, huge, weird orgy scenes and people hammering through buttholes <laughs> that I would say I enjoyed. This is one of them. What if the special effects artist named his biography Hammering Through Buttholes? <laughs> the first edition. <laughs> first and only. I dare you to get me to a second printing of this book. Oh my god. Yeah, it... I was surprisingly so on board with it, and I yeah. think it had the right level of camp. Like, it was, it's okay. just silly enough that you could laugh at when dad becomes a butt. 
Like you could, or when somebody's got a goopy face or melting away or punching through somebody else's butt, like uh-huh. it's so off the wall and they know it. So they have a lot of fun with it on the mm-hmm. screen and the effects are really good. They did a really good job. Yeah. And for how long they hold out on, on the real absurdity of it, it really pays off when it comes. It's not like you waited this entire movie to have one little weird scene. Like it's like the whole third act is this crazy orgy that they're having. Yeah, for sure. So how would you rate the movie? Um, I think I'm gonna give it a three out of four. That's exactly what I'm going for as well. It's, yeah, it's nuts. It's totally worth watching. I was gonna go a two and a half out of four because no. it was like predictable and stuff, but I had so much fun watching it. It was such an enjoyable watch that. Yeah, total three out of four. Yeah, it's it did everything that it set out to do. And what a weird-ass movie to make your debut feature. That was his first movie? This was his first movie. So weird. You know what's great is that uh, he they wanted him to direct Bride of Reanimator, the sequel to Reanimator. So he knew that, and he held that power over the studios to get a three-picture deal. The third was going to be Bride of Reanimator. His, his whole reasoning was like, let me do two movies, establish myself as a director, so that way when this comes out, it's people not... People will want to see it. Exactly, people will want to see it. So what do you have lined up first, Brian? Oh, just this goopy little butt-punching movie I have. <laughs> Don't worry, it's just about, you know, us and our rich friends and what we get up to on a Friday night, right? Yeah, that's cool. We gotta check out the rest of Brian Eustace movies. Yeah, I'm excited. Like, even if it's just for the effects alone, like, I'm so on board. Oh, yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Now let's, let's really shift gears here. Let's go 11 years into the future and talk about Robert Rodriguez's The Faculty. No more pencils, no more books, no more teachers' dirty looks. The students at Harrington High have always suspected their teachers were from another planet. Is this going to be on the test? This is the test. This time, they're right. These six students won't just question authority. They'll have to destroy it. The faculty. Please report to the principal's office. So the faculty from 1998... Actually, only nine years later. My math's not very good. You got that math? Yep. Uh, Currently sitting at a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 3.1 out of 5 on... (laughs) This is what I wrote. 3.1 out of 5 letterboxes. (laughs) (laughs) So I've always loved the faculty, but that is no surprise. I am a big advocate for 90s horror. Oh, yeah. I think 90s horror is pretty darn great, even though the music in all of the movies are terrible. It's awful. So bad. They're all bad covers is really what it comes to. Oh, and this movie is so guilty of bad covers. We had an anniversary post recently, uh, within the last few months. Like, the faculty, the, I don't know, 
20th anniversary. I'm like 20, John. Let me just pull up my fingers. Oh, shit, need 10 more. Uh, Here we go. Uh, And yeah, people are really not kind to this movie. I think people who have rewatched it appreciate it, but everybody looks at it as some shitty follow-up or some shitty Invasion of the Body Snatchers I don't know. I thought people always liked the faculty. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. It's just, yeah, it's it's just a 90s horror movie. That Twitter is a bad sample size, though. Like, if you're going you're to right, people yeah, on yeah. Twitter, Twitter is very polarized. People are like, yeah, I love this movie so much. Or like, what is this trash? Stop tweeting at all. And you're like, yeah. ah. Yeah, positive or negative, <laughs> Twitter is passionate. Yeah. Like, Twitter only has one emotion, and it's, and it's loving or hating. Yeah. And like, hey, guys, did you know 20 years ago the faculty came out? Hash- and then, like, the first reply is like, kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, God delete your account yeah. <laughs> oh man it's only funny to send delete your account messages to like wendy's or like to like the biggest corporation that's clearly never gonna delete its account i get a lot of like my first replies sometimes when i do a tweet is like a spelling error that i made I'm like thank <laughs> you <laughs> oh you think i didn't see that as soon as i hit the tweet button of course yeah I like you know twitter doesn't have a fucking edit the no. second four people have liked a, f- a tweet, I'm not taking it down. <laughs> Even if it did, fuck an edit button. It's out there forever. <sighs> I like the faculty. I think it's a hell of a lot of fun. And I think it is a perfect modern retelling of an invasion of the body snatchers type story. Yeah, well, I think the same as I was saying with those, like, scholastic-y type books about yeah. how... I'm sure I read a book growing up that was, my teachers are really aliens. Oh, of course you do. Or, like, my my math teacher is a werewolf. Like, I read all those books. So when you see it as a movie, it's just such a fun premise. And they really play in it, like, with the, the gym teacher's one-liners and when he's using the, the um, PA system... It's Oh man, when yeah, he's chasing the principal in the opening sequences. That is so fucking good. And it is such a rundown high school that I don't think those kind of high schools exist anywhere. No. But it is so perfect for a sort of B drive-in alien movie. Mm-hmm. Hot yeah. in the halls kind of, yeah. And it's so good. There are so many dark shots with just like the perfect angle. Robert Rodriguez is a fucking master. I had no idea this movie was Robert Rodriguez. Like, mind you, I haven't revisited this movie since the 90s. It's one that I've always been wanting to rewatch, but we've always known we were going to do this on the podcast. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch it last year because I knew we were going to get to it. Yep. And uh, it does hold up. I really enjoyed it. It's very 90s. Like, it's, it's so 90s. Um, every movie from the 90s is so 90s. It's got Elijah Wood and Josh Hartnett. Like, how else are you going to really put your movie in the 90s? Oh, and Josh Hartnett's hair, I can't even describe. It's like he was going for a punk rock bowl cut. But then had a nap. Yeah, it's, got it's the, like he's got spiked out at the back and bowl cut at the front. Like, it's like he's supposed to be the super cool mad scientist, almost. He looks like Doofy, like in Scary who's Movie. Doof- oh. Uh, who, the guy who's parodying Detective Dewey in Scream. Yeah. He's got the doofy hair, but on purpose, like it's to be so the funny. cool alternative drug dealer. What if that was? What if that was intentional? What if Kevin Williams saw a scary movie and he was like, "Oh yeah, fuck it, I'm putting that character in this movie that I'm writing now," and he's smart. Well, this came out before Scary Movie, I think. right? Did it? I don't know. Yeah, I, I have so. no idea. I have no idea either. You're probably right. Probably like 2001. Was yeah, because I feel like scary movies were like early 2000s. I always imagine it coming out just right after Scream. It was probably after Scream two or three. When did Scream come out? Ninety six. I think in ninety eight. Let's look it up. Look it up, John. 96. Oh, good. Maybe that was just the hair then, back then. 
Weird ass hair. I actually, the 90s was really inconsistent on its hair. If you watch the character, you're like, what are you all doing with your hair? The 90s was really tried hard. The 90s was the last time, I think, that we really tried to make a statement with our fashion. Now we are doing modern retellings of the 80s. That's, that's really all we're sitting in right now. Like, we'll occasionally borrow from the 60s, but for the most part, like, all guys' fashion is 80s. Like, haircuts, sunglasses, jeans. It's all the 80s. I don't really know, though, because with the internet, everybody's picking their own niche and just living in that niche. So, okay, like, well. you have people who are doing 50s. You have people over here doing 70s. Everybody's just doing what they want. Because you can find somebody on the internet to belong to. You don't have to belong to, like, your local peers anymore. Yeah. Screw those guys. <laughs> I do have to say, though, this movie did remind me that, the, like, the world is a different place post-2000s with uh, high schools and teenagers having cell phones. Like, the 90s mm. teen movies are the last horror movies you're going to get where teenagers aren't cripplingly de dependent on cell phones. What would cell phones really have accomplished here? Uh, uh, you no, know what? cell phones ruin horror movies. Yeah, absolutely. Ruin horror movies. The, you number have one, like before the end of your first act, we need to know why there are no cell phones. Yeah. Oh, oh right, no, the, there's this, no service yeah, here. That's all it is. It's just one tearaway scene, right? Like, uh, Which makes sense. If you're going to bring a bunch of your friends to a cabin because you want to kill them, of course you're going to make sure that cabin is well above the cell phone reception. All you need is one guy with a hot rocket stick or whatever you call them, and you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, isn't that in... That's in a movie. It's in... You're next. They've got some cell phone blocker in the trunk. Like, that's... That's all it is. Cell phones don't work because there's a blocker. Done. Mm, I don't even like addressing cell phones. I'm just... Like, with every movie that I'm, like, working on writing-wise, just setting it all in indiscriminate uh, time period and just don't mention cell phones. Yeah, it works. You just assume it's the past. <laughs> because now, yeah, you have a horror movie, somebody's killing a bunch of teenagers, teenagers call 911. You know, you say that, uh, I know somebody who was downtown recently, was outside, having a coffee, um, it was like lunch break, this girl got hit by a pickup truck. Uh, really bad. And she's trapped underneath the pickup truck, and it is brutal. And people all take out their phones and start video recording it. He said he did not see a single person call 911. That makes me really sad. Yeah. Like, that, like, really Is that not wrecked my day just now. I'm not gonna lie. It fucked me up, too. I was like, you mean to tell me that if I die in public, I, the last thing I'm gonna see is somebody filming me? That's, that's it. Like, unless you die at home nowadays, or in a hospital with your loved ones, you're gonna die with somebody filming you. And that's the last thing you're gonna see. John, I don't like this. <laughs> okay. I, that really makes me sad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why is that your instinct? And that's the thing, too, is, like, oh, I saw, I watched a video on the front page of Reddit today. It was one of those bungee rides. Mm -hmm. And after the first swing, one of the girls sort of fell out, and she was dangling upside down. Ooh. And her friends were holding her. But the people below were just, like, with their hands on their mouths watching. And the one guy was filming it, obviously. Yeah. But she swung, like, seven or eight times before people even climbed on the platform to try to slow them down. She could have just flung off at any moment and landed in the cement and cracked her neck. And I don't think anybody would have attempted to grab her. Like, I know it's shocking, but, like... Yeah. Formulate a fucking plan, people! Yeah, get a rescue Like, get your camera out. out. Like, who fucking cares? Yeah, we need to document this so that way the court case can go faster is about the only explanation you could really give. 
It's sad. Cell phones ruin things, and thankfully there is no cell phone in this movie. It's a happy-go-lucky film that really helps you escape the drudgery and, and darkness of real life. They will... Just back on your weird... Oh, that was a good segue. I know, it was, it was a really good segue, but uh, I thought you were going to say is that, instead of the weird filming fucking thing, is that nobody calls 911 because everybody assumes somebody else Somebody did. else has, yeah. And they always tell you, like, it doesn't matter if you are driving past an accident that maybe have, uh, has occurred two minutes ago. A lot of times, people immediately involved in the accident are either in shock yeah. or injured or too busy trying to help other injured people that they don't think to call 911. Yeah. And people who are in the like immediate vicinity assume somebody else has already called. So you're always, you should always just err on the side of calling 911 because the more reports, too, is more witnesses that they can call on later that they know at least saw something from a different vantage point. I suppose it's Like, true. if something yeah. criminal occurred or something, like, you, you're only helping by calling. Yeah. And if, if it's redundant, it's redundant. At least you did your... Yeah, if you're worried that you're trying to, that you're tying up the operator's time, just be very quick. Like, hey, I'm calling an accident that happened at this intersection. And then they will say, we were, we're already on that. And you're like, cool, thanks, bye. Yeah. Done, cool, done, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- th- this guy I was talking about is an electrician. He was there with a bunch of guys and, like, pe- he could hear people behind him calling 911, so he didn't yeah. bother to do anything. But, yeah, it's fucked up. That is fucked up. Sorry, back to your segue. I'm sorry I ruined it with my oh, whatever. 911 call thing. That- yeah, the faculty. It's great. Love it. You know, oddly, um, I would say, you know, even though when you watch it, you can really see that it's it's a Robert Rodriguez movie. And it's it's like his super serious attempt to make a B-movie alien, a B-alien movie. It's one of the only movies in his entire career that doesn't have, like, a very present Rodriguez stamp on it. Outside of maybe, like, Shark Boy and Lava Girl and Spy Kids. Yeah, I haven't seen those. Um... <laughs> I-, I wouldn't expect you to, but I had younger siblings and they loved them, so unfortunately I sat through them. Yeah, I never, I guess I never attributed this to Robert Rodriguez because I always picture him doing, like... Sin City. Desperado-y yeah. type movies, like, outside, a little Wild Westy with an action sequence in the middle, and yep. guns and fire and exploding buildings. And this is about teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> and aliens. You know what? I think it would be even more of a Rodriguez film if it just had his guitar in it. Yeah, the music is all... I said this with really shitty covers. <laughs> really, really shitty covers. Yeah. I mean, I'm on record saying I don't absolutely love Rudder Rodriguez guitar playing, but that's only because it's in every single movie. Uh, oddly enough, I, I think I need to go back and watch some of those because watching this, I was missing it so heavily. I, I think I would have loved it in this movie. Uh, and I should probably just keep my mouth shut from now on. <laughs> good things are good. It's whatever. The faculty has a whole cast of characters. There's so many people in those movies. Yeah, like, there are notable actors for all of the teenagers. There are notable actors for all of the teachers. The Uh, faculty? (laughs) Otherwise known as the faculty. We even have an appearance from Usher, who has looked the same for, like, 20 years. His role is a weird one, because he's like a cameo that occurs throughout the whole movie. He comes and goes, yeah. Yeah. He shows up basically to say, like, yo, I'm Usher, I'm in this movie. Are you all good? Alright, cool. (laughs) He walks off camera. Yeah, and he does, he's doing this, like, really great deadpan, but nothing they, they give the character is funny at all. Is it great deadpan or just poor acting? It's poor acting. Yeah, maybe this is his first movie. Great deadpan. Great deadpan. <laughs> Good work, Usher. But yeah, so our cast of teenagers is, like, 90s 
to a T, you have Elijah Wood, you have Josh Hartnett, you have that emo girl that was in everything. I was going to say, who cares what their names are? We have a, a sci-fi goth nerd. We have the journalist who's dating the high school jock, the football quarterback. There we go. Uh, yeah, we've got a super nerd and, like, the rough kid who sells drugs but is actually the smartest kid in the group. Like, we have our high school archetypes. It's perfect. And they're all not friends. They don't really cross social paths until everybody else becomes aliens. And then they're forced to band together. Yeah, them and the new girl, Mary Beth, who just showed up out of nowhere. So pleasant and so sweet. She couldn't possibly have anything to do with this. She just got here. (laughs) She couldn't possibly be naked the entire third act. Yeah, what's up with that, right? (laughs) I guess she's trying to lure them. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, but also I don't think she cares because she's lost her, like, need to... Uh, be socially acceptable. They all know what she is. Yeah. So why why stop to put clothes on? The the other thing too is that at some point the majority of the school is aliens. Yeah. And they they I think they're the only ones that aren't aliens at the, the end. There would be no objections to fifty kids holding down five other kids, putting bugs in their ears. Yeah, they let them walk through the quad a few yeah. times, and they're all, like, suspiciously eyeing each other. <laughs> like, like, oh, we tried to seduce them, we tried to intimidate them, nothing's working, and we're all out of ideas. Yeah, like, the, um, the kind of wallflowery teacher who's Josh Hartnett's, like, alter, what do you call it? His nemesis. Yeah, Miss Burke. Yeah, she's so soft-spoken, and she's, like, very non-confrontational, and please don't sell drugs on school property. And then at the end, she has this big, like, monologue where she tears into him, which is really inappropriate for a teacher to do. Yeah. Uh, but she's an alien, so it's okay. He's and then also... that's it, she just storms off. She doesn't turn him into an alien, there's no attempt. No, and this is after they're pretty certain he's got more of these drugs that will dry them out. And he won't give over more of them. Yeah, that was a very human nature thing of her to do now that she's got this confidence with this alien inside her to Don't go you think there's something and... of them that still exists? Oh, definitely. Oh, okay, I think good. they're yeah, the yeah. best versions of themselves. Yeah. Which I kind of love because they, they don't address it enough that maybe having this bug inside them is Ain't better. so bad, yeah. Yeah. Cause... I've always wanted to do that. It's something you hear so much throughout the movie. Yeah, and once these aliens get everybody, like once they take over the planet... All they wanted to do is live, so they're all just going to go about their lives in these host bodies. They don't stop being teachers. They don't stop being students. Yeah, it seems like they still hold class. Yeah, everybody's doing what they're doing. The only slackers left are the kids that aren't aliens. Yeah, and those six kids aren't in every single classroom, so you're not... The classrooms that don't have one of those kids in them, you're not going to open the door and find an empty room or them them all having, like, a weird alien orgy. They're going to be in their desks... Learning. Like, that one teacher who is an alcoholic and really apathetic to life, when he gets that alien bug in him... Oh, yeah. He's totally living his life again. He's, he's, he's teaching back. with passion. He's drinking water. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the only downside of these aliens. They make you so fucking thirsty. My favorite scene in this entire movie is where Elijah Wood and uh, the other character... The journalist girl. Yeah, Delilah. Uh, they're they're hiding in the teacher's lounge, which has a slotted closet? Slitted closet? Doesn't matter. They're hiding in the teacher's lounge. They're spying on Coach Harris and Piper Laurie. I don't remember her name. Uh, they come in. Coach Harris takes a big glass of water and she just throws it in her face. <laughs> it is the greatest shot. It is great. It's, Piper Laurie is 
awesome in this She's movie. great. She's given, like, scary eyes every scene she's in. Yeah, that opening, uh, that cold open where we think that she's there to help the principal who, you know, for whatever reason, has locked herself in the school with a chain-link fit, like, lock. Yeah, like, every single... I think that was the coach, though. I think before he went oh, into Oh! Yeah. But she has keys for the lock. I think that's actually how they lock up at the end of the night. That's so inefficient. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's just... It's uh, a bad area. Yeah, it's a rough area town. This is how we, it's an old ass school that the locks and the doors are basically the, those are the ones you could pick with a credit card. Right? <laughs> so like we got to put chains on these locks and there's one door that's left unlocked, I guess, that she was going to go out toward the parking lot. I don't know. Who cares? Either way, we, we think Piper Laurie is there to help her. Like, he's coming. He's right behind you. And as soon as she gets out, she fucking stabs her with some scissors. It's a good opening. Yeah, see, that's when I thought that they were all alien at the beginning because they definitely kill the principal. Yeah. And but she's back. Yeah. Halfway through the movie, she's back. Everything's cool. There's a few other people they kill. Uh, John Stewart gets killed, doesn't he? And then he's is he back? He's back at the end, isn't he? By the way, can I just tell you? Uh, that... I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember anymore. That's okay. But uh, John Stewart, I'm so glad you brought him up. All of the characters in this are like. Coach Willis, Mrs. Burke, Mrs. Olson. John Stewart's character is Professor Furlong. <laughs> the kid, the guy's a professor, and he's working at a rundown high school. <laughs> yeah, it's only because he's a science teacher. Like they wouldn't have the English teacher be a professor. Mm, that's true. It's just because he's a scientist. We learn that the drug that Zeke, Josh Hartnett's character, has been peddling is like this weird skag. Like, yeah, it's calf. It's caffeine pills crushed and mixed with, like, household detergents and stuff. Yeah, shit like um, that, yeah. And it is... Like, silly Anti-alien powder, I guess, because it's, um, like a diuretic, so it dries them out from the inside. Yeah, it's like caffeine would. They could just as easily be throwing cups of caffeine on them, yeah. couldn't they? Yeah. Right? It'd be like acid. Like throwing alcohol on or them. Or salt. That's where this idea came from, right? It's like putting salt on a slug, mm. and it just makes them, like, sizzle and melt. But there's, like, various points in this movie where quantities of this drug are limited, but we, we keep refining them. Yeah. Uh, it's a video game. And then there's that really great sequence in Zeke's basement where they're doing the um, the blood test from the thing scene. Yeah. Where they all have to try. He serves the drug in, like, ballpoint pens that yeah. have been hollowed out, which is fun, I get it. It's fun. supposed to be a whole dose, right? You just, like, sniff that whole ballpoint pen. That's a pen. lot. That's a fucking lot. Like, I guess if it's a crushed caffeine pill, like, yeah, that's probably one crushed caffeine pill, but... That's like an eight ball inside a pen, and you want to take that whole thing? No wonder they're all getting fucked up. Yeah, and snorting anything. Like, if you're going to snort a whole caffeine pill, like... Well, the thing you is... know the point of snorting things is that you don't need as much? Because <laughs> it goes right into your brain? I guarantee there is a whole package of caffeine pills in each of those. On the other hand, mm -hmm. he is charging, like, five bucks a piece or something, right? Well, this is household stuff. It's probably, like, half flour. Maybe. You don't sure. think he's cutting shit for profit? <laughs> uh, well, it can't be just one caffeine pill. Of course, they are high school kids. It's not like they are like... Oh, I'm so fucked up right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you could have given them a bottle of water and they would have said the exact same thing just to fit in. It's not like they are sommeliers of cocaine. They're <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, this pairs perfectly with... Oh, them. great year. <laughs> oh, are these big pens? <laughs> oh, God. Don't you wish you, you, you could go back in time 
Or at least if for some reason in the future you find yourself doing cocaine with somebody afterward, you go, mm, good year. Like, that would be the fucking best thing ever. I feel like we should just start doing that with everything. Like, who needs, <laughs> screw cocaine. Like, we should just do it after we eat a good burger. Yeah, or if somebody's like, the, your total will be 1985, I'll be like, oh, good year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we're the worst. <laughs> I'm ready. I want to go out in the world with this newfound meme we've started. <laughs> Personal meme that no one will laugh at but us. Oh, yeah. Those are the best ones. <laughs> I don't know where we are in this movie. Uh, they're all aliens. Do you really think, a, like, stabbing a pen worth of drugs is a good delivery system? Because it's not like he jams it in their nose and then they, they inhale it. They, they're using the pens like knives. You know, you, you jam that pen in, it's like a teeny little grain of that material is going to get on their skin. Well, I think they're aiming for, like, aortas and shit. Like, I think they're like, get it into the heart! <laughs> but it's not like... But they're teenagers. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're not syringes, though, right? Like, it's not gonna go into their system. Whatever. Moving logic. Oh, it works then. Oh yeah, of course. This makes perfect sense. Because they have such limited drugs, they are uh, the the logic is because uh, the goth girl was reading Invasion of the Body Snatchers and she yeah. knows the rules of the movie they're in. Yep. Are uh, that there's a mother or there's like a, a leader bean. <laughs> <laughs> and then if they kill the leader bean, then yep. all the other beans will turn back to lima beans. <laughs> Yep, yep. That is a rule in movies that we all just accept no matter what. Yeah, and like I think the that's... head vampire, we just kill the head vampire, all the other vampires back. go back. And nobody questions it. It's been around for so long that we're cool with it. We're so cool with it that they basically make fun of it in this movie. Like, well, I read this book this one time and it had this, so clearly that's what we're dealing with. And we're all on board immediately. I think that's great. I think that's genius. I love when you can find brain hacks that we've all accepted in film. Like when you're in broad daylight, you go into a tunnel, you come out of the tunnel, it's darkness, we buy it. It's fine. Our brain isn't just like, wait a minute, it would take eight hours to go from there to there, but one little drive and we're good. Well, I don't know if the excuse is that tongue-in-cheek in this movie, but I'll just accept it because of the film logic. Like, okay. you're just like, what's the most convenient way and won't take away from our action scenes? Yeah. Throw away line, we're done, let's go. Perfect. Uh, so, they kill the principal, like, oh no, she's not the boss lady. Yep. Who else do they kill? I they think kill a lot of fucking people. But that's the one that they go after, for sure. Yeah, because they're like, oh, it's totally the principal. Yeah, because she's the head of the pecking order in our real life. Clearly, she's the head of the pecking order in the alien world. But not true. No, and we know that because she's been murdered by aliens in the beginning. Yeah, like, as far as we know, the first two aliens at the school were the football coach and... Piper Laurie. Piper Laurie. In fact, what does she teach? She's the drama teacher. Oh, I was like, does she ever teach? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they don't have enough money for the school play this year. Oh, yeah. She's super upset about it. They're going to have to use the Our Town sets See? for guys and dolls. And even as an alien, she's upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely an alien at that point. Yeah. That, that scene's brilliant because, uh, you know, much like The Thing, this movie's taken a lot from The Thing. Uh, oh, yeah, totally. Like, it's super cool that Robert Rodriguez is doing Escape from, uh, Escape from New York because he clearly loves John Carpenter. But when the coach is having his little tirade at the very beginning of the movie, we see a shadow come up behind him. He's like, yeah, what do you want? Fade to black into another scene. We know that he's been turned into an alien. It's a lot like that scene in the thing where we the dog goes into one of the rooms. We see us we see a shadow turn to the dog, fade to black. We just we just know that somebody's been turned into an alien. Mm -hmm. So when we see Piper Laurie five minutes later, we assume she's the one that did it to the coach, which you know leaves our big surprise ending open for who the the big queen alien is. 
And it turns out it is the new girl who's been with the band of high schoolers all along. Oh, no, not you, Mary Beth. Anybody but you. <laughs> the effects on her as the monster and in her kind of final villain sequence are really cool. I love it. The, the creature design, they made this big, giant, like, water cockroach thing. Yeah. It's very cool. It gets huge. And She's there's a, gigantic. Yeah, and they definitely must have had some kind of effects budget because all of the pool stuff and with the monster in the pool... Looked good. Looks so good. There's that awesome shot where she's swimming through the pool toward the exit, and as she comes up, she underground is turning back into Mary Beth. It looks awesome. Very cool. Yeah, super spooky. And, like, they do a bunch of really cool shadow effects. She's walking through the locker rooms, and she's just, like... Yes! Skinny, naked, blonde girl walking through slowly, and her shadow is this, like, tentacled monster yeah, that's almost... just spreading through the room from yes. no light source. It's yeah. great. Great. Yeah, it's like what we're seeing of her is an illusion. Mm-hmm. And it's some sort of spell that she's casting. Yeah, like she's reflecting something else. Yeah, we're still seeing her true form in the shadows. Sorry to cut you off earlier. No, it's okay. I was just spewing words of, of praise. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah was the only one left at this point, and he's got one little fucking pen left of this uh, this material. And, you know, unlike his friends who have just kind of gone around killing people willy-nilly, despite the fact that they know that they can be turned back I to know. humans, just, it's just murder across the board. Uh, and, like, they don't have to kill them. Like, they could knock them out, tie them up, and then, like, don't worry, I'll be back in 30 minutes when you're human again. The only person they do that with is the goth girl. They lock her in, like, a weird cage of helmets. <laughs> yeah. Why is there a helmet cage? There's nothing else in there. Like, there's no other football equipment. I don't know. Maybe the like helmet's the one thing you want to steal. Or, I, I don't know. It's like when you go to the bookstore and, like, all the Kurt Vonnegut's are behind the counter because that's what everybody's going to steal. <laughs> all those open-minded teenagers trying to steal books that'll open their minds more. Assholes. <laughs> <laughs> It, you it, should let kids steal books. Right? Isn't like, that the it's, coolest, know, punkest thing you I could know, do? I know, like, stealing is bad and it's wrong and we should teach people not to steal, but if people are stealing books, same as, like, at the grocery store. Like, if kids are stealing food and it's not, like, a bag of chips, like, just let them steal it. I think it's kind of like telling college kids not to drink and smoke pot, right? Like, hey, don't, and then you see them doing it and you're just like, I'm just gonna pretend I didn't see this. Because, like, fuck it. That's <laughs> not it. the same at all. <laughs> That's not the same? That's not what I was saying at all. Like, I no, saying I was saying like... steal knowledge, John, <laughs> not ruin your brain. Yeah, but I guess libraries exist, so, like, why are you stealing books you could just go to the fucking library yeah never yeah. mind don't steal anything yeah at the end of the day you are costing you're taking money out of somebody's pocket. yeah go to the library and it, I, it's not like the court like the the chapters bookstore or the barnes and noble is some faceless entity <laughs> like there are people that you are taking money from yeah and like psa guys if you are looking for a movie go to your library speaking to you canada like the pirating society capital are we pirating society yeah canada apparently streams illegally streams more content that might have been the Oh, because of, like, Netflix and VPNs and stuff. Because that counts. No, I mean, like, torrenting and oh. just illegal downloads. Oh. For whatever reason, Canada's the worst. But go to the library. Like, oh, libraries yeah. are, have so much shit. It's crazy. Like, we couldn't find Twin Peaks to rent anywhere when we were rewatching the third season. Yeah. And uh, we went to the library and they had the whole thing already on DVD. We go to the library all the time. Like, there are episodes that we've done with movies that we've taken up from Oh, the well, because we have an app from our library, which you guys might have, too, in your area. It's called Hoopla. You just sign up with your library card. And there are so much stuff on there. And there's movies that have just hit VOD. Oh, yeah. Horror movies that have just hit VOD that are available for free on Hoopla. And it's legal. And you're supporting your local library. You're supporting filmmakers because yeah. those movies have been purchased for distributing rights. Yeah, exactly. Books, audiobooks, 
comic books that are on there and shit. Yeah, because all that stuff that they the library has to pay more to acquire them because they're distributing them to the public. Yeah. They have to have some kind of a like a licensing fee. Because they used to have that at schools. Like there are only certain movies that you can show to classes because you need a different purchasing right. Ugh, and we all watch the same fucking movies over and over. <laughs> yep. How many times have you seen Remember the Gi- Remember the Titans? I don't... Oh, is that that, like, claymation-y Greek mythology movie? That's Clash of the Titans. Maybe oh. it's We Are the Titans? What's that one with Denzel Washington? Remember the Titans, right? Oh, yeah, the football movie, What's right? What's that called? I think that's right. Okay. Remember the Titans? Is that what it is? I think so. I don't remember. That and Saving Private Ryan, all that shit. Yeah, we watched Powder a lot growing up. I, yeah, I used to like that movie as a kid until I had to watch it a dozen times. And we watched Shrek a lot in public oh, school. Oh, that sounds awful. Like, there was a year of Shrek where it was like, oh, it's free day, we're watching Shrek. And you're like, why? This has nothing to do with learning. Bowling for Columbine? How many times have you seen Bowling for Columbine? In every class. You watch Bowling for Columbine in school? A lot. I have never watched Bowling for Columbine We went to the same high school. Weird. But Elijah Wood is being chased by Mary Beth to get back on track. Uh, And I... Super love this end sequence here, where he, yeah, he's got that one vial left, and he's started closing the automatic bleachers, and they are just, like, barreling down behind them. He's running away from the big-ass creature, um, and... That she- seems like, I just want to say, that seems like a big safety issue. I know this is a fictional school, but they probably filmed it in a real school, and those bleachers look very dangerous. <laughs> well, I think all bleachers, I don't know if any of them have that button anymore. I think you just push them. Yeah, because ours were, like, manually collapsible. Yeah, but I think they have guards at the end so that way you can't climb into it. Because that looks super dangerous. Super Either dangerous. way, he traps that big monster thing. Yeah, stabs her in the eye. Everything's great. It's perfect. She doesn't turn back into a human, though. That's because she's fully alien. Oh. In fact, in her dying moments, she spews a bunch of bugs at him, and they burrow into Elijah Wood's face, and it looks so horrible. It does. But like... then as she dies, they, they sort of slime their way back out and hit the ground. Because they all die. Because they all die. It's kind of sad. Yeah. And then you got a bunch of, like, footballers and um, teachers that come to, standing in the rain outside, just drinking it in. The weird thing is these alien creatures are definitely not eternal. Like, no, they're definitely carbon-based, whatever they are. Mm -hmm. So... When she dies of old age, like in their universe, they infect all the oh, world. They're all the whole world they have is a shelf human life. alien, yeah, hybrids. So they have like eighty years to live on the planet, I guess, until their mother dies, and then they all just disintegrate. Huh? Or does she appoint somebody else as the mother? Like, there's got to be in it, her right? dying breath. She's like, "You were a great protege, young alien fledgling. Take my invisible crown. <laughs> you are now the host mother." But yeah, so these kids should have... There was no sequence where, like, anybody wanted to be an alien. I thought maybe the goth girl was going to have that moment where her oh, yeah, she uh, chooses football to? boyfriend was like, yeah. Come, you'll be a better version of you. That would have been she cool. She should have been into that. She should have just like, walked yeah, out. Yeah, you know what? I am unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> At no point does that happen. No, because I, I think they're, they're selling a good cocktail. Like, you get um, somebody in the driver's seat who's ambitious and optimistic and... Maybe we all need a dose of that alien. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, ain't so bad. Weigh your options, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and if everybody's an alien, nobody's an alien, right? And it sounds like you'll go back to being a human as soon as this other thing dies. Why don't you why don't you just, just tem- try it out? Temporarily, yeah. right? Get your life back on track and then hop back in once everything's easy. The hard part's laying that foundation. It's easy to maintain. Yeah, because everybody's an alien and they're still playing football. They're still spectating. Like there's yeah. still a normal football game going on. The only thing we don't know is whether or not they eat pizza. That's a bummer. 
Well, I'm sure they would. What kind of life would it be if you couldn't eat pizza? To keep up the facade. But I guess they're not even keeping up the facade anyways, because all the teenagers are in the school and the football game is still happening like normal. Yeah. I do love the idea that they're using the football team. Like, the football team is, is being criticized at the beginning of the movie for getting all the funding for because they need new helmets and uniforms and you know like the football team gets everything and everybody else gets shit on they're the most important part of the school and like throughout the rest of the movie we see that through the football team we're also infecting every other school in the state and as that football team does better they're gonna go off to nationals they're gonna go off to infect the entire country it's mm-hmm. genius i love it yeah, no, that's really fun. Because yeah. it's not like the drama class could do that. <laughs> no, not at all. And I think the history class, the closest they got was just like, all right, everybody, uh, today's assignment, family trees. Write down everybody in your family. <laughs> and then also, I'm going to put a bug in this envelope, give it to your family member. Yeah, really. Okay, John, so what is your rating of the faculty? I mean, I, I, I will also give the faculty a three out of four. It's a hell of a lot of fun. I think it's great. And I'm super glad we got to rewatch it. I know. I was, I've been really wanting to watch this movie. I totally three out of four. I love everything 90s. This movie is so 90s it hurts. I almost wanted to give it a higher rating, but I think I'm just like in a post faculty glow where like, God damn, I had a lot of fun. Oh, it's a totally fun movie, but it's not great. No, I mean, it's it's not Schindler's List or something, right? (laughs) Why do you always say things like that? Like, there's no Schindler's List. Because for whatever reason, my brain wants to say it's no Gladiator, and I'm not a huge fan of Gladiator. (laughs) I think the movie's boring. I like Joaquin Phoenix, but overall, it's like an hour and a half of him pretending to die. Hot take, guys. You don't need to watch Gladiator. Yeah, I mean... Mm. I would say it was a joke, John. It's not a hot take. You're old news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but we want to hear your opinions of society and the faculty. If you watched them recently, if you just watched them, if you're revisiting them, let us know what you thought on Twitter at NOFS Podcast. Head over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash horror fiends of NOFS. We are controlling transmission. This episode of Nightmare on Film Street is brought to you by Deadly Grounds, coffee to die for. Made from 100% Arabica beans, Deadly Grounds is horror-themed gourmet coffee without any fancy names or titles. This week's blend is the truly deadly Rot Chocolate, a delicious milky hot chocolate that contains as much caffeine as a cup of coffee. Head over to getdeadly.ca to pick up your brew and use the promo code NIGHTMARE to get 15% off your purchase. That's getdeadly.ca and code NIGHTMARE for 15% off your purchase. Want to reach the cool creeps? Head to nofspodcast.com slash advertise. We're going to stick around for a few more minutes and play a game that I'm calling Body Horror or Body Snatchers. If you want to hear that game and every other game that we've put together as a companion piece to each episode, head over to patreon.com slash nightmare on film street. As an added bonus this summer, if you are a new patron or an existing patron who has increased their pledge uh, above the perks and swag that you get for the tier that you select we're also going to send you a super cool enamel pin from our cinema cemetery collection but that's it from us this week i'm kim i'm john stay Stay creepy it appears you made it out alive just long enough to tell the tale of the nightmare on film street help us grow the horde 
Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. Continue this week's conversation on Twitter by following at NOFS Podcast. And as always, more terror can be found lurking on our website, www.nightmareonfilmstreetpodcast.com. Until next week, stay creepy, fiends. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.